Welcome to Tattoo Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get the job they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon. My guest today is actually one of my fellow career coaches at The Personal Touch, Melissa Kelly. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back. Great, great. Uh, so overall, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X millennials, millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, we explore a topic related to business or to job searching, and of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, such as resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. Please check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. So, hi, Melissa. Hey. So, I know you're fighting a little bit of a cold today, a little bit of a lingering cough, right? Yeah, I am. I'll try not to hack all over the microphone. Oh, that's fine. It's your microphone, so I don't care about the germs. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they go through the interwebs, so... I think we're safe. Yeah, it's not that kind of a bug. Yeah. No, no and, definitely not. Right. So um, before we dive into our topic today of just really what is a job search strategy, sure. um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? It's been a few months since you've been on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I am a professionally certified resume writer. Um, I'm also a career coach working on professional certification, and I've been being mentored by you since uh, late 2017 in um, career coaching, job search coaching, and interview coaching strategies. Um, I've been a professional resume writer for about 10 years, and I come to the industry by way of um, the automotive industry and prior to that, education. Um, In particular, I specialize in helping. clients who have trouble um, expressing their achievements as well as clients who want to change careers and um, veterans who are transitioning into civilian life as well as federal employees. In addition, um, I seem to have a special knack with uh, in working with um, government employees and politicians in helping them advance their careers or, again, transition back into civilian life after they've um, completed their service to the country. Yep. Cool. Cool. And uh, for those of you who might be interested, uh, Melissa first did a podcast with me several months ago talking about resume writing. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet, uh, it's, it's a really interesting show to check out. Uh, especially because there's some things when people ask me about, you know, who do they want to work with on the team? Melissa is my master in quantifying achievements, which is a big thing in modern resumes. And uh, I won't even touch federal resumes. So God bless her for that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, what we're talking about today is 
a job search strategy. And sometimes I don't think people really understand what that means. So uh, they just kind of go default into looking at the job boards every day and applying to positions and then wondering why they're not getting any job offers. Right. Right. So what we're hoping to educate you on some uh, ideas today are things that we can do beyond the job board. So Melissa, why do you think just looking on the job boards is one of the worst ways to find a job? Well, it's where everybody else goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's It's the biggest most highly populated pond you can possibly hope to try to find a job in. It's, it's literally like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Mm. It, it's just, it, it's, it's the hardest way to go about finding a job. You're, you're going to have a really hard time standing, standing above the crowd if that's all you do. And you're also going to be frustrated because there's, day in and day out so little change and so little movement on those job boards mm-hmm. not only that you have a lot of people who spam and post scams on that and that alone feeling like all you see are scam and spam postings is enough to discourage anybody right right and for anybody who's wondering out there when we're talking about job boards we mean sites like indeed.com mm-hmm. Career Builder, Monster, even LinkedIn, it's job yep. boards. Glassdoor. Yeah. All those. Zip Recruiter is another big yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting that you bring up the scam situation because uh, sometimes the more heavily advertised a job board is and the cheaper it is to post, the more likely you are to see scams. Right. So what's, the, what's some of the scams that you've seen? Um, well, usually they're 100% commission sales, and usually... Um, I wouldn't call that a scam. I'd call, I'd call that a bad job. <laughs> well, a bad job, yeah. But it's, it's usually somebody wanting you to join the latest um, multi-level marketing craze, or maybe, um, you know, maybe... Um, do purchasing or account management or something from a sh- for a shady outfit overseas. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a scam, but um, you know they they may approach you even though you don't have sales experience or experience in the given industry, and want you to set up a business in their industry. You know, a common one is setting up an insurance office or setting up a franchise or something like that. And that's not, I want to make it clear, that's not necessarily a scam, but on the other hand, it's probably, you know, you know, it's usually out of left field. It's something you've never had experience in. And, you know, unless it's something you specifically have an interest in, it's, it's just clogging up your inbox. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a job opportunity you would really want to pursue. Right. It's no. just, just junkie got to wade through to find the real job postings. Right, right. Now, I will admit there are scammers that are getting a lot more clever. So here's a situation right. that my husband ran into. And he does customer advocacy, which is very high level customer service. And you know, he's been with his company 20 years. So he's on the very high end of the pay scale. And he was looking for something new. And mm-hmm. he found this job posted on Indeed. And he's like, is this real or not? 
because it was a very similar job description to what he does up in the salary range that he currently is in. It had the company's logo, their name, and, and everything. And I'm like, ah, yeah, let me check this out. So I went back to the original company's website, not the link in the Indeed. I went and Google searched the company and went directly to them. And it was, their job had been spoofed because this company was only in operations in Tennessee. They were not mo moving headquarters or opening any offices in Denver. So what this other scammers did was they copied the job posting, they copied the logo and all the rest of that, made it look real legit, pumped up the salary also 20,000 more than the original job post. And the, the whole reason that was set up is to try to steal people's identities. Wow. Yeah, that, that is next level. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, big tip right there. If you're going to do anything with the job boards, always go back to the original company's website and just verify that it's real. Mm -hmm. So there should be a corresponding job posting on the careers site for the actual company. Yeah, ideally. Not just a posting on the LinkedIn or the job board. Gotcha. Right. right. And Indeed tends to have more scams just like Craigslist does because it only costs like $25 to post. Ah. Whereas on LinkedIn, the job posts cost anywhere from $350 to $450. So mm -hmm. that's a much bigger dollar commitment for the scammers. And that's why they don't do it as much on those sites. Makes sense. Yeah. But... Uh, as far as a job seeker, say you've, you're on the job board and you find a good position you want to apply to, you know, what do you think their chances really are in applying with the masses? Um, maybe slightly better than winning the lotto. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit better than that. <laughs> but one of the big problems is the screening process, right? Sure, absolutely. The ATS. Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Um, ATS is um, this electronic artificial intelligence driven platform that compares the keywords in your resume to the keywords in the job posting. And you have to have at least a 70% correlation to mm. even be, for your resume to even be put into the hands of a human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's pretty tough criteria. Yeah. And heaven forbid your resume has um, experience in there, including the dates you worked for the company that goes back more than 15 years, because that's an additional criteria that could be programmed into ATS. And if A, you don't have the right keywords, and then B, your experience dates you, you're, you're, that, that's two strikes against you. And mm -hmm. in this game, two strikes is a definite out rather than three. Right. Well, on the experience thing, it's a, you do need to take a look at what they're looking for in the job posting. Sure. You know, sometimes they do want 20 years experience. If you're cutting your experience short, you could get, you know, screened out. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. The other thing I think people don't understand about the job boards is just because the posting has been there 30 days does not mean HR is still considering candidates. True. So I usually advise people that from when the job is posted, you need to get your application and your resume in within five business days. Mm, good point. Yeah, because the it's from the HR perspective, because I used to do HR, 
it's part laziness, but it's also part economics. So we don't take down the job posting when we start going through candidates because what if our top picks during the interview process fall through? So if there's some candidates that applied later, I might take a look at them then. Uh, and then there's also, I'm just so busy in the hiring process, I don't think to do the steps to go backwards and pull the job posting just because I'm now screening candidates. Mm. So when I have potential people call me and they're like, oh, I need to get a resume tomorrow. And it's like, why? Oh, I saw this job posted. It was like 30 days ago and I want to get mine in there. It's like, well... <laughs> It, your chances are super, super slim that it's going to work at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, so what are some ways that we can improve our chances with a posted job? So a posted job meaning anything that is publicly advertised. Well, one of the things you can do is um, you can use LinkedIn if you have a LinkedIn account and a strong profile to um, track down the hiring manager right? and try to connect with them. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, for instance, um, you know, say you have LinkedIn, um, you can use its filters to find out who some of the hiring man, you know, hiring level managers at your company at, at that company would be, and you can use your in mails um, or even um, connections you already have who work for the company to try to reach out and connect to them and um, you know express your interest in that job and get your resume to them so that they can in turn get the resume to HR mm -hmm. um, to back up your application. That I wouldn't way necessarily say, okay, that's a little bit backwards. I'm gonna correct on that one. So okay. uh, this is where I talk about doing a two-prong attack. Right, a two-prong attack. Right, so we always have to apply through HR the way they say to in the job posting mm -hmm. because right. we need to prove that we're good boys and girls who can follow directions. So trying to track down the manager to get their resume, your resume into their hands to have them turn around and give it back to HR is a little bit backwards. So Yeah, I was eventually going to circle around to the okay. attack. I just, I, I, you're right, I was kind of backdooring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I have had situations where a manager reached out to me and then said, okay, I'm interested enough, please now go through HR because you have to do this legal thing. Sure. Uh, a lot of times that's not how it works. And I've read other blogs and I've seen other job coaches say, don't even bother to apply through HR. And I'm like, well, you got to legally apply to the job. <laughs> it's the thing. Right. And, you know, if you're not following procedure in addition to the extra stuff, I mean, that's right there. A, cause for getting screened out because you can't sure. follow written instructions. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I kind of started talking about tracking down the hiring manager in my mind thinking, well, you've already applied to the job. Now what else can you do to improve your chances? And, but right. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to be captain obvious here and say, well, you apply to the job and then you start tracking down the hiring manager. Right. 
Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, sometimes they don't uh, respond through LinkedIn. Do you know of some ways to kind of increase the uh, likelihood that they will reply to you on LinkedIn? Um, Absolutely. Um, If you have mutual connections or if um, you happen to be in a group that they are also part of, you can try to connect with them through the groups. Um, Other ways you can do it is you can use tools like um, hunter.io or reaching out to them through company websites mm-hmm. um, or by tracking down other hiring managers who might be more responsive based on you know, the fact that maybe they're more active on LinkedIn than this other hiring manager um, to get to that other manager through this um, secondary person. Mm-hmm. There's many ways to skin this cat. Right. Right. One of the things I always fall back on is looking at their LinkedIn profile before you start sending in mails or messages. You can tell how active somebody is on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So there's spots on the profile itself. If you screen scroll down a little bit that it shows recent activity. And if there's no recent activity, that, that box is just bare, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bad sign because that means they're not a heavy user of LinkedIn. Um, the other thing is if their profile is not complete, right? If they have like their right. history listed, Absolutely. but there's like no details on there, there's no summary, um, things along those lines. That's a pretty good sign that this manager's not going to be active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to keep ramming your head against the wall after sending the first message because chances are they didn't get it. They're just not paying attention to LinkedIn at all. Right. So you find another way to contact them or you find somebody who's going to be more likely to respond and who might therefore forward your message to the person because Bob might not respond, but Bill will respond and say, oh, hey, this is actually Bob's department. So Mm -hmm. let me forward it to Bob. And now he's going to open it because Bill sent it to him and Bill's a coworker. Right. Right. So even if you're not certain exactly who the right manager is, it's okay to reach out to the rest of the management team. Right. Yeah. Just don't stalk them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't flood them with emails every single week. That you, right. Yeah. You that get, your restraining order. Yeah. Yeah. Or sued for harassment. Yeah. 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 So you, you mentioned real quickly hunter.io and yeah, this, this is one of the most favorite websites I've discovered in the past year. So why don't you just tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, what this does is it will show you the um, predicted pattern that a company uses for its email addresses. You know, for instance, whether whether its IT, IT department uses like first initial last name or last name first initial or first name dot last name for the email addresses and then from there, say you have the hiring manager's name, say the hiring manager's name is John Smith. Once you have that predictive pattern, then you can try jsmith at acme.com or john.smith at acme.com or smithj at acme.com and test to see which email address works. And obviously you'll know which one works because that format will not 
wind up with a bounce back mm-hmm. when you send the email. Yep. Yep. And what's really cool is the website is free. Yep. Bonus. Yeah. So for those listening, once again, that's hunter.io, not hunter.com, not dot, not .co, it's .io. I don't know what yep. I stands for, but that's the whole website. Right. Yeah, I don't know either. No. Um, so one of the things that I think that's real important to point out is this whole concept of tracking down hiring managers is not new. It's right. been going on for decades. And uh, once upon a time, this is probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I was working with a client and he was trying to break into like next level management with larger organizations like Fortune 500 companies. And so I talked to him about, here's our strategies where we're going to track down these managers and get your resume into their hands and you're going to call them to set up informational interviews and these kind of things. And he said, I shouldn't have to do this. I'm like, what? And he goes, well, this is cheating. (laughs) I'm like, dude, this is not cheating. This is how people get jobs in the business world. And he just wouldn't do it. He couldn't accept it because he felt that because he had an MBA, which was relatively new, and that he had a few years of management in a very large box retailer, Um, and I'm not talking the corporate level, I'm talking at the store level, that that should translate into these other Fortune 500 organizations. And I'm like, HR is killing you. They are totally killing you because they don't see your value. This is why you need to pitch yourself to the managers. They understand what they need. HRs act into keywords and what they think is the clear parameter. Because here's the big thing. HR doesn't hire anybody. HR only cuts candidates. Right. HR doesn't understand what it takes to do the job. Right. The manager does. Yeah. And it's especially like when we talk about things like synergy and culture and vision, HR doesn't understand that. No. Their job is just to, their, their, their job is to reject resumes. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Or interview candidates. Because you can bomb the screening interview too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This isn't any more cheating than it is for a salesperson to do cold calling or prospecting. Yeah, exactly. You know, I actually ran across a a book from the 80s that talked about how to get a job. And this one of these guys' key strategies was, uh, now remember, no email, no internet. You know, this is early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. No cell phones. (laughs) So... (laughs) His strategy was that you call the company and you get the name of the manager's assistant. And then you get the man- the assistant's extension number. Mm-hmm. And then you call back and you dial one digit higher on the extension and that would probably be the manager. I remember <laughs> this advice, actually. You do? <laughs> I really do, yeah. And then you get the manager and you leave a voicemail and hopefully the manager will call you back. And I think you asked for five minutes of his time yeah. and you went in and you made a sales pitch. Yep. 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 So there's, this is nothing new. It's just, we have so much better tools these days. Right. Absolutely. 
So we know we need to get managers. We know we need to have a proactive strategy. Do you think we should just entirely ignore these job boards? No. And why is that? Because it's a way to apply for a job. And it's a way to see lots of job postings in aggregate. In many ways, these job boards have replaced the help wanted ads in print newspapers. So they are still a valuable tool. Mm -hmm. They are exactly the same as the print ads, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, and then that's why you don't want to ignore them because that's where you apply for the job. Right. Well, it's not just that. It's where we find leads. That too. Right. And, yeah. you know, so what if there's only, you know, three to 10% of people who actually get a job off of a job board posting? I mean, I still don't want to ignore 10% of my potential opportunities. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing I do mention to people, and you kind of touched on this too, that sometimes you're on the job board, you say the same thing over and over and over again. Right. So we don't want to like spend hours and hours every single day just looking at job boards. That's not effective. No. So I make full use of the job search agents, which is where it sends you an automated email every day of the new jobs. Right. We got to rotate it. You don't want to look at the same thing over and over again. So we tell our clients, you might do Indeed on Monday, Career Builder Tuesday, LinkedIn on Wednesday, Dice right. IT Bill on Thursday. So um, what this does is uh, you see fresh opportunities all the time. And it helps break this pattern of what I call a sense of scarcity. So if you go on like Indeed every single day and you spend two hours looking at jobs, your brain is going to go, oh my God, this is a waste of time. There's nothing but the same old jobs over and over. And it gets frustrated and which becomes depressing. And you're like, ah, I'll never find a job. Right? (laughs) Right. But when we rotate this, because we're seeing fresh opportunities on different sources, our brain goes, oh, look, here's some things that I can really jump on. And it's a lot more positive experience overall. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to use the job boards, I think that's probably the most effective way to do it. Right. And of course, every job posting that you're interested in, start tracking down those managers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So what about networking? Everybody hears that 80% of jobs are found through networking, right? Do you agree with that? I do. Okay. Well, why? Well, uh, because networking opens you up to job opportunities that you don't know exist. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And the key is networking works if you use it the right way, if you are viewing networking as going around and begging people for jobs, it's mm-hmm. not going to work. Right, right. It's um, really about building about, relationships. It is, yeah. I mean, if, if you're viewing it the other way, all it's going to do is make a lot of people pissed off at you. Mm-hmm. Probably going to lose you a few friends in the process. If, if you're just building relationships, you know, as part of that building relationships and getting to know people, you know, of course, at some point, 
you know, so what's new in your life? Or if you're just getting to know somebody, so what do you do for a living? Naturally, the fact that you're looking for a job is going to come up. Mm -hmm. And people by nature tend to want to be helpful. And so they're naturally going to want to see what they can do to help. And that's where the opportunity is going to come in. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than forcing yourself on them. Right. Right. And I think it's important to understand the, the real scope of what networking means. I know, sure. you know most people, when I mention, okay, we're going to do networking now, they go, because they're thinking yeah. of that, oh God, I'm going to have to go to like a business after hours and there's going to be like 100 to 300 people there and there's going to be like uh, a bar and music and it's just loud yeah. and I yeah. hate this because everybody's just trying to shove business cards on each other and I never get to anything out of this. I'm an introvert, so I don't want to go out among people. And that's only like... And I'm going to get hit on just as much as I'm going to get job opportunities. Business well, you're lucky I never get hit on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, if I, if I was getting yeah. hit on, I might go to more networking events. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what our husbands would think about that. <laughs> uh, hey, it's nice to be flattered every now and then. <laughs> oh, true, it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I digress. But yeah, um, yeah like, a big networking event is only like one type of networking. And there's many, many different levels. And uh even that whole number of the 80% of people finding jobs through networking, that includes like, you know, your aunt Martha down the street saw a job on Indeed and forwarded it to you. That counts as networking because it came to you from yeah. somebody you knew. My mother-in-law saw something in the help wanted pages and cut it out and mailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, right. that, that does still work, believe it or not. Yeah, and technically, even this whole strategy of reaching out to the managers or potential coworkers at a company, that counts as networking. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, yeah, and especially social media, that counts as networking too. Yep, it does. Yeah, of course, LinkedIn is the, the big GoDaddy and the master of everything on that right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you feel, I, well, I was talking to someone just today and he's like, I don't social media anything. And the only reason I'm doing LinkedIn is because I feel like I have to, he goes, but I don't want to connect to like the guy who owns the bar down the street. I just want to stay within my market. And, um, while I was talking to him on the, on the phone, he's like, Oh, look, I have a LinkedIn request. He's like, wait a minute, this person is in my industry. I'm like, wow. Imagine that. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to just accept connections that don't make sense to you. No. Right. I mean, there are people on LinkedIn. I think the acronym is LION, LinkedIn Open Networker. And they do make a point of accepting everybody. But just because they do doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I used to when I first started on LinkedIn, I got on it pretty early. I joined in 2007. You know, originally I would accept invitations from anybody, but now usually if it's like um, some country in Asia, I normally don't accept those. Yeah, I had an experience a couple of months ago that made me realize I need to be more careful about that myself, so. Right. 
Yeah. Right. So. And sometimes people will say to me, oh, I'm, I'm worried about scams and things like this. And it's like, okay, the fake profiles are actually pretty easy to spot. Yes, they are. I think I'll, I'll give you the quick tip on this because it's also funny. So if you see a profile that it's, they're a relatively new member to LinkedIn, it's a lot of times the ones I see are females that are very attractive. Uh, they might be in a different country like Ukraine. For some reason, this happens a lot with Ukraine. And they have a very limited work history. And then sometimes they'll have the acronym behind their name of a BDM, which in normal world stands for business development manager. But in, in these cases, it stands for bondage, discipline, and masochism. Right. <laughs> so they're either doms or subs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not the industry I want to be connected with, but thank you anyway. Yeah. So just because somebody asks you and invite, yeah, invites you doesn't mean you have to connect it. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. But then say oh, we've got some people that we have connected with either in real world networking, small groups, personal in connections, like personal introductions, or even on LinkedIn. What do you think is the, the next step for fostering that relationship? Well, um, you would want to send a message to say thank you for connecting with me. Please let me know um, if there's anything I can do to be of assistance. Right. It's about following up. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you want to get to know them. Mm -hmm. And I always emphasize that I want to do something for them. Right. So even if I have somebody send me like a um, generic greeting from LinkedIn, you know, they didn't customize the message or whatever, I always email back immediately after accepting it. And I don't accept somebody until I look at their profile too. Right. And then I always do the follow-up of thank you very much for reaching out to me on LinkedIn. Please let me know if I can do anything for you. Mm -hmm. And then that sparks the real conversation. And right. I advise business owners to do this as well. It's in that follow-up is where your money is. Because I just assume that not everybody is as um, adept at LinkedIn as I am. So maybe they didn't know how to do a custom greeting. So by reaching back out, it sparks the conversation and I can find out what they really wanted in the first place. Sure. And the flip side, when you see somebody connect with you, you do that follow-up email. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Any other networking tips that you have? Well, I think it's important to understand that you, you actually have two levels of network. Um, you have your inner network, which is your family and your close friends, you know, the people who really care about you and who, and who are in one way or another invested in actually seeing you succeed. And then you have your outer network, and that is, you know, what relationship wise would be, you know, your more casual friends, your acquaintances, as well as people you haven't met yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's something to keep in mind, too. And you would, um, you know, and, and you would tailor, of course, your networking strategy 
to match whether you're talking to somebody who is um, in your inner network or your outer network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, obviously with somebody in your outer network, you don't want to overshare, for instance. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you, you don't want to hit them with too much information. Right. You don't want too to tell them story yeah. to them, yeah. for, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So uh, another thing we haven't touched on yet, but it's a phrase people hear a lot, though they might not understand fully what it is, is the hidden job market. Right. So what does that mean? Well, those are the postings that you're never going to see posted on a job board. Right. Or even on the company website sometimes. Right. And those are the jobs that you're only going to know about if you take the time to reach out to hiring managers and if you take the time to do networking. Mm -hmm. So what would be some indications that a company might be thinking about hiring before they're actually putting out those job postings? Well, um, you, the, this is where you would want to um, be paying attention to um, indicators in the news. Mm-hmm. You know, like if um, company is has is considering um, a merger or has just been acquired, things like that. And that's where setting up things like um, Google Alerts to send you notifications um if the company you know if a company you're interested in is in the news mm-hmm. comes into play mm-hmm. um, because obviously if an if a merger has happened or an acquisition has happened or if you receive a news alert that um you know that the director of sales has um um accepted a job offer with a competitor that's a sign that that company is going to be looking for a director of sales. And Hey, you happen to be a rock star sales director. Mm -hmm. So this could be a chance for you, you know, this could be a chance for you to start doing some networking, um, find out who the, um, you know, find out who you'd have to speak with at that company to be considered for that up and coming vacancy and see what you could do to, to work for that company. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I like to call them trigger events. So yeah, yeah, it's any excuse to reach out to that hiring manager, whether it's um, some other indicators might be, oh, the company is expanding or they just uh, got a new building or they secured a big contract. And sometimes even the things like being listed on a top 10 companies to work for kind of list or, you know, their CEO just got an award. Those are great reasons to reach out to a company as well. And it's not like just lobbing a resume and a generic cover letter at them. That's not going to work, right? Oh, no, never. Yeah, we have to have like a strategic message in those cover letters. Uh, And I always say, if you can do one of three things, if you can prove that you can make money, save money, or solve problems, you're more likely to get a call back. Right. And that's where being able to articulate your achievements comes into play. See? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because if you can prove that you did it somewhere else. You can do it there. You can do it there. Exactly. That ties back to why it's so important that your resume 
shows how good you are at what you do. Mm -hmm. Not just that it regurgitates your job descriptions. Yep, exactly. All right. So say you've been in your job search for a while and you're doing all these things and it feels like you're not getting anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And here's a weird concept. And it was first introduced to me about 15 years ago. Oh my God, I'm old. Uh, 13 years ago. We'll say that. That um, it's kind of like a marketing concept that when you start putting energy out there to the universe, you get energy back. Yeah. So whenever we're putting that effort into our job search, you might see opportunities coming back to you, but they may come completely from left field. They're not necessarily from that one source that you were doing. So you know, say for example, you have a company that you were trying to target for a hidden job and it goes into a dead end, it doesn't happen. But then all of a sudden, one of your friend forwarded to a job they saw on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, it's the same kind of job. It came from a different source, but there's this reciprocal action of energy. And when we're trying to look in undiscovered uh, places, undiscovered places find us. Right. Does that make sense? Or am I yeah. sounding too new agey? No, no. I, I, the, the way I've, you know, it's, it's similar, but the way I've always looked at it um, is, you know, the, the idea of just trusting that the wrong doors are going to close and the right doors are going to open. Sometimes things happen for a reason. They do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was once uh, interviewed three times for a radio station and... Uh, oh. Well, this was like a total hidden job situation because they had a big article right up in the westward and like how they were buying a bunch of repeater stations through the mountains. So in radio, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that's what carries your signal into the mountains for you. Expand right. So I wrote them a targeted cover letter, talked about what I could do for them. They didn't have any job openings, but I was all like, here's, here's my resume, et cetera. So they brought me in three times for a job that did not exist huh. when they posted the real job, which was for like a very high level executive assistant at the time. Uh, it was exactly what I told them that they needed. Mm -hmm. They brought me in and I did a interview officially for that job. And then uh, a couple of weeks after that, they hired a relative. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay. But you know what? Six months later, they were off the air. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. <laughs> hmm. Better them right. than you. Yeah, yeah. So to wrap this all up, number one, make good use of the job boards, but don't make them your sole focus, right? Yes. Number two, get in touch with hiring managers. Mm -hmm. uh, number three, utilize your network. Yep. And number four, create opportunities in the hidden job market. Yes. Anything else you would add to a basic job search strategy? Um, have faith. Yeah, that's a good one. Trust yourself. Yep. And, um, Remember that this does take time. Your job search is not a TV show. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not going to be, it's not 
it's not an instantaneous process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And keep in mind too, it's real easy to find a bad job. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. yep. but, but to get one that really fits with where you want to go with your career, good opportunities, the right money and the right benefits. Mm -hmm. it, it's better to be patient for the right job instead of the right now job, just like dating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. One, one bonus tip. If you don't write it down, it didn't happen. Yeah, you got to keep notes and you got to keep track of what you've done, where you applied, and when you followed up. Yep, absolutely. All right, so those are all our tips for uh, creating a job search strategy. So now we come to one of my favorite parts of the shows is the actual tattoo of the day. But Melissa, you don't have a tattoo, do you? I do not. Oh, you should have fixed that by now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Well, to be fair, I have not added any new tattoos yet myself, <laughs> but I'm always thinking of them. I always am. So uh, I will put this out there to our listening network. I am looking for a tattoo artist that does amazing portraits, and I'm hoping to get a portrait of Luke Skywalker on my shoulder. Um, hopefully within the next few months. So if any of our listeners know some amazing artists who do great photorealism in the Denver area, uh, shoot me a message and let me know, you know, hit us up through the comments in the podcast. That would be awesome. And then we can all share uh, information about some of these great artists in the Denver area. So uh, that being said, I do have quite a few pieces and they've been done at artists that, Bound by Design and Celebrity Tattoo. So uh, if you ever have any questions about any of my tattoos, a lot of which are already on our Instagram feed, please feel free to message me. I will be happy to hook you up with my artists. All right. So that brings us to the end of our show today. Uh, as I mentioned before, we do have a, a stream, so you know if you liked what we have to say, please give us a like and a follow. If you don't like what we have to say, please don't put that in the comments. Don't be mean. You can just talk to me individually. I'll be happy to explain to you why you're wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, if you've been intrigued with anything that you've heard about all these job searching strategies, uh, we are now taking pre-orders for my book, Get a Job Without Going Crazy, the third edition. Woo woo! I know, and, and Melissa edited it, so she I can- did. So she has read every single word in it, and they don't suck, do they? No, they do not. They're very good words. Yep. So the best words. I don't know if they're the best words, but they are words. <laughs> <laughs> English words, even. Yeah. And- uh, so we are taking pre-orders. You can actually find that on Indiegogo. Just search up, get a job without going crazy. We're taking pre-orders there. And uh, the, I believe it's for $25, we'll get you a signed copy. We're doing Kindle copies for like 10 or 15. Uh, we even have options to do coaching sessions directly with me at a reduced rate so long as you get your orders in before our campaign ends on March 8th, 2019. 
All right. Well, that's everything we have for today. Thank you very much for your time, Melissa. You're and welcome. For all of our listeners, we will catch you next time. Bye, guys.